1: He's 45, and there's a lot of S going on, but Tom Brady, well, voted number one among the NFL's top 100 players by his peers, which means he is now peerless at 45 years old. Say what you want. I mean, we know this guy can still spin it, right? Led the NFL in passing yards last year, touchdowns at age 44. But this year, among those that, that in the league, the guys he plays with, they picked this guy, the GOAT, as currently the best player in the NFL. What do you make of that?
2: Has he ever been number one before on this list?
1: This is the fourth time. Okay. Glad you asked. They started yes. this in 2011, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And since then, um, he, he is and, – and by the way, by comparison, no player has appeared at number one more than once. And Tom Brady now, this is his fourth time as the best player in the league.
2: So the fourth time – they started this in 2011 – Believe so. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers has been MVP four times in that time. That's and correct. And Tom Brady once.
1: That's correct.
2: And Tom and Brady last Rogers... year led the league in passing, touchdowns, had the same record as the Packers. Mm-hmm. But the Packers got the bye because of a tiebreaker. That's correct. And Brady did not win the MVP.
1: Which I think was a travesty. I, mm-hmm. I and I listen did that the MVP as you as you're relating it is actually the one that's voted by the Associated Press writers, mm-hmm. people like me. Um, I don't have a vote, but some do. And that one, I that one completely confused me because they did end up with the same record. And you know, for all that Rodgers went through in the previous, you know, the off season with the COVID, he missed a game because of 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 uh, of, of that. Um one way or the other, not being vaccinated. And then, you know, I mean, where where's the reverence for somebody who accomplished what Tom was doing last year at age 44? I mean, no one had come close to that. And he was, he was on the heels of a Super Bowl championship. You know, he's seventh. And it just, it wasn't like, hey, this dude. I mean, it wasn't that close. Like, Rodgers kind of t- ran off with it. And I I don't understand because I thought, what Brady did, we will never, listen to me now, we will never see again. You will never see an NFL quarterback at 44 lead the NFL in passing yards or touchdowns. You might see one Go at ahead. 45. You might see one at 45. <laughs> <laughs> Same dude. Um, that's true. But you could take all the 40-year-old quarterbacks and combine them, okay, combine all, what, their, what their passing yards and records and all that was while they were 40 starting games. And I don't think they would equal one Brady season at age forty. That's how good he is, right? He—he we've said this before. He could have won a—he a, um, would have been a Hall of Fame player in his twenties with what he accomplished in his thirties, and now in his forties. All—all all are worthy of Hall of Fame resumes. So it's crazy, right? Like, uh, and and I mean, these are guys. These are you know. I started thinking about this. He's been in the league for twenty. This is twenty third year. Most of the players or a good, a good portion of the players who voted in this poll weren't even born when Brady started his NFL career. So so many of them, you know, they knew him from Madden. I mean, you know what I mean? Like they, they grew up watching Tom Brady win Super Bowls for the Patriots. And now they're the voters. <laughs> it's just so weird, man. Um, but, yeah, quite an honor. He came out and had some nice things to say on social media and, you know, thanked his uh, – Thanks, thank, thanked his teammates. Tyron Matthew, you know, who got in that little uh, sort of face-to-face thing in the Super Bowl in Kansas City when he played for the Chiefs with Brady, says what he's doing at 45 years old is nuts. He <laughs> he led the league in passing. That's nuts to me. <laughs> like, I don't understand it. Um, Brady said uh, that it's just a testament to family, teammates, coaches, staff, every single one of you have supported me along the way. Thank you all. Let's go win another one lfg lfg babe yeah he left out that but um (laughs) but listen i mean he's the unicorn the goat obviously but he is he is the guy that um i don't think we'll see another one when his time is through whenever that is and it's his drive you know and he's always been overlooked you know this is obviously now he's getting his due and has earned it um at an age but you know What was sixth round pick out of Michigan? Wasn't the starter there for a long time. um, Didn't start in New England behind Drew Bledsoe. Finally gets his chance and then just murders it, right? Uh, And even, and even like you mentioned the MVPs. I mean, this guy should have won the MVP last year and he didn't, you know, he didn't, didn't bitch about it, didn't say anything about it. He don't care. Here's the thing. He wants the jewelry, man. He's the Lord of the Rings. You know, his favorite ring is the next one, all that. Um, you know, the guy absolutely, you know, wants to cut your heart out and, you know, he, he continues to do it. And, and really if they can protect him, um, based on how I've seen him throw the ball better this year in training camp than he has the previous two years. Like his arm looks stronger to me. He's deadly accurate always. And he's just, you know, time off, not time off days away. It doesn't seem to matter. The Guy goes out there and just slays. You wonder, you
2: know, he, and, and we don't necessarily know, but did he do less throwing this off season?
1: Well, I think that I listen. He he threw. He obviously threw what he was away. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't have thrown as much as if he were in training camp. So I think that in a weird way, um, he threw he threw a good bit for the first two weeks of right. install. You know, getting used to to uh, Julio Jones and getting used to Kyle. But I, I'm saying Rudolph. even
2: before training camp, like.
1: I don't know. You know, Cause, based cause on he everything all, he's done. Oh, I see done. what you mean, because yep. he was retired, right? Well, he yeah.
2: retired, and then based on all the things we've seen him doing business-wise and golf yeah. match and all this other I stuff. I mean, he
1: did a movie. He would have thrown a little bit out there, yeah. but not in like, yeah. I mean, yeah,
2: I mean you know. We didn't uh, see him I, at Berkeley throwing the ball with no, teammates. No, he did we have didn't. some
1: workouts, yeah. though, when he came back. Like, he did oh, some sure. stuff at the Yankees complex, but not – not like he was doing. I think the Berkeley thing was because they, they couldn't get together. Oh, I know. I know. Um, I'm just curious if he's so.
2: thrown less this offseason. And maybe uh, that's why his arm looks
1: strong. I don't know. But I, I think the time away helped him. Because mm-hmm. um, he threw a lot in the first two weeks because he knew he was going out. And I'm sure he would have done something while he was away. Oh, Nothing yeah. close to what he does in training camp. So when he came back... I don't know. His arm just looks live to me, man. It, it, it It's just remarkable because a guy his age is supposed to start to slow down. You're supposed to see a little less velocity on the ball. I mean, he never was the, you know, the hardest thrower in the league by far. Um, but he can still he can still rip it when he wants to. And, and he's been deadly accurate. I, I do think – I think it probably helped him. I mean, 11 days away of not going out in this heat and, and making as many throws as they make. And they chart them all and they know – you know, how many they're going to have in training camp. And he would take some days off. But uh, for him just to get away um, from a physical standpoint, his legs, you know, everything like he came back and, and his arm is live again. I mean, it's as live as I've seen it. So, and he was great in the preseason. You know, the, the one series he had, he had, you know, first ball was dropped by Tyler Johnson, then a PI, uh, Mike Evans drew, and then he hit six in a row. You know, boom, 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 losing 20 yarder to Oleo Jones. Like they've been playing together forever. And then he was done. You know, got about 10 plays in, and okay, I'm ready for the regular season. And he will be. And if they can protect him, he'll be, fen- he'll be phenomenal. Um, I have no doubts. He knows where to go with the ball. He has all the answers to the test. He's got a good collection of wide receivers out there. So no reason to expect anything less. But it is remarkable that he is the top of all the 100 players in the NFL, voted by his peers, which, like I said, many of them um, only remember him from, you know, when they were growing up, and, and now they're playing with them. You know, the it's rest a, it's of the amazing. List...
2: it's list ama- – Yeah, I was just looking Go at ahead. this list.
1: Yeah, it's surprising.
2: You know, there's three Los Angeles Rams in the top nine.
1: I know, and they won the Super Bowl, so I, I get why they're there. I, I don't know that they all belong in the top nine. Um, Aaron I... Donald was the number one player a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he probably and, does, and I could so see Cooper So he probably Cuff. does. He drops to number two behind Brady. Mm-hmm. Um by the way, I think I said this already, but no no player since I've been doing this uh this list has won more than one and Brady now has four. Uh Rodgers is three, which like you said, most viable player um thirteen win season, thirty seven touchdowns, four interceptions, that ratio is, is sick, but he he is number three. Cooper Cup, who had an MVP season um for the Rams, he's number four. Then you have uh, Was he the best receiver thought, in the game? What's that? Was
2: he the best receiver in the game?
1: Yes. Yeah, he led all categories every category.
2: No, I know he did. But I mean, do you think he I mean I I think he is, but
1: I think he yes, I do. I think he is because um and I don't know like he's just kind of a getting discovered, I suppose. But like physically he's a big dude. Like he's he's big. Mm-hmm. He's like Godwin size or bigger. And he can do everything Godwin can do. I mean, he can he can block um, you know, he, uh, obviously can catch and, and run by people, but his production was off the chains, like 145 receptions, mm-hmm. you know, now, now Godwin was on his way. He had three games left and he had 97 catches. Okay. So he was starting to like really pick it up. He had the 15 catch game against Atlanta. So if you figure if, so three games, he would have had maybe 20 more catches or something like that. Uh, maybe, you know, no more than 24 or so so he could have gotten in the 120s. Cooper Cup had 145. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's a hell of a lot of uh, a lot of catches. And then he also had uh, over 1900 yards. You know, uh, so he he damn near you know, had the the uh, proverbial 2000-yard receiving season. Um, so he was a monster. Um, 1947, 16 touchdowns. Fourth player uh, since 1970 to lead, lead the league in every major receiving category. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he was the uh, Offensive Player of the Year and uh, got some votes for MVP as well. Was a Super Bowl uh, champion, obviously. Yep. Jonathan Taylor is five, and, and Taylor burst onto the scene. I watched this guy at Wisconsin. Don't know why he wasn't drafted even higher. Um, but, man, he he's a really good running back, 1,811 yards. Um, led the league by a whole lot, like over 500 yards. 23 years old, 20 touchdowns. Pretty remarkable player. T.J. Watt is six of the Steelers. Um, Devontae Adams comes in at seven, now of the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Patrick Mahomes, the next quarterback here um, after Aaron Rodgers is Patrick Mahomes. He's at eight, which seems a little low to me, you know, based on the position. but Well, you um, and I were
2: having this debate before the show. Mm-hmm. and when you say the top players of 2022, the hard part is how do you distinguish like between positions? The quarterback's obviously the most important position. Right. So is being the third-best quarterback better than being the best cornerback, which you don't have one on the list yet?
1: Yeah, yeah Jalen Ramsey's on there, yeah.
2: I would disagree he's the top cornerback in the league at this point. I think he's really mm-hmm. good, but I don't think he's the best one. Mm-hmm. Um, he got voted ninth, a lot of it, because they're Super Bowl champs. And, well, the
1: guy that had the best year was uh, Trayvon Diggs. He had, you know, mm-hmm. what, 10, 11 interceptions. Yeah, so.
2: I, I, you know, I would look at J.C. Jackson up there. I'd look at the others, yeah. you know, I thought, before Jalen Ramsey personally. I mean, yeah. I think Jalen Ramsey's a hell of a cornerback. Don't get me wrong. Sure, sure. But, you know, some of these I think, you know, and we even talked, uh, who is it, uh, Bobby Wagner's on the list. Pretty high.
1: Yeah, I don't get and, and, and that. And I think he's, he's a good player. and seems more like a achievement. He,
2: yeah, he's been a great player, but I don't think he's 29th in the NFL at this point.
1: Right. I mean, would you agree if Cup is the best receiver that, like, Adams is the second best? That's how it is on this list.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got, what, Tyreek Hill. you got Justin Jefferson.
1: Yeah, none of those guys made the top ten. I really
2: like Debo Samuel, and just his versatility.
1: Right, right.
2: Um, and those are the next three receivers on the list, all in the top 20.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I you know to be honest, you, I think you kind of you could take any of them. They're all really good. Yeah. Jamar Chase is twenty fourth.
1: Chase is outstanding. There's a couple that that um, and one in particular. You got Wondurrill to on too, I think, at, at the quarterback position. But and Kyle Brant got on us on Good Morning Football, and he was a lot funnier than I can be. But he he was and it, it stunned me. Josh Allen is thirteen on this list. Like really thirteen. I mean, Patrick Mahomes should probably be higher than eight. Again, you know, value of the position and and, and all that he does and that sort of thing. But as as Kyle Brand asked the question, like, hey, you guys that voted for this, did you ever watch Josh Allen play a game? (laughs) Like, have you seen (laughs) this guy? Like, what can't he do? I mean, he arguably played the two greatest quarterback games in the league last year. And I think, of course, he lost uh, to the Chiefs because he lost a coin toss. Um, but that comeback was like stupid the bucks played him he lost to the bucks on a walk-off touchdown by brashad perriman and when the bucks played him the guy threw for like almost 400 and he ran for 100 i mean they couldn't i mean it was stupid they couldn't they had no answers for josh allen at all um can throw it through a wall i mean he and he's just getting started this is the thing like Buffalo's a very, uh, very chic pick, you know, this year to win the AFC and go to the Super Bowl, and I think they should have and probably could have been there last year, mm-hmm. and and probably would have put up a bigger fight, maybe even than um, than the Bengals did. But you know, I thirteen, that seems low to me. Although there's other quarterbacks that are below him that some think you know might be better or or at least well, good. I,
2: you know, we were having the debate: is Joe Burrow better than than Josh Allen? I don't it's think fair, so far in the question. career, no. Yeah.
1: But I think but if it's you, a fair question. If
2: you said if you if you went you put it this way if you put in a coma for 10 years mm-hmm. and woke up and someone said this quarterback won 4 Super Bowls. Yeah. A young quarterback. Which one would you believe first?
1: Allen or Joe Burrow?
2: Burrow or take Justin Herbert or or you know, one of, yeah, one of these young guys. Take any Good of the point. young quarterbacks. Mac yeah. Jones, whatever. Would it whatever. surprise
1: me? Here's would it surprise me that it was Burrow? No, absolutely not. And I said this as well. It surprised me. He's the Bengals won four in a row. That, that would be weird. But once you got past that, um, no, because I, I think Joe Burrow, different styles. And and I'm i I'm i I'm a naming Mm -hmm. guy. I think, I think he's very Montana like, like efficient, um, leader, Mm -hmm. uh, cut your throat out. Like he has this quiet confidence about him the way Joe did where, you know, he's, he's the next Joe cool, right? He, he smirks at you, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Why does this guy think he's so good?" Because he know, he is, and you know he's out there. And I mean, I'm sorry, but like the Bengals probably weren't supposed to be in the Super Bowl last year, but Joe Burrow, Tiger King, got him in there, and and because that's how good he is. You know, that's just mm-hmm. how good he is. And they had a terrible offensive line. He got sacked nine times in the playoffs in one game. And still won. <laughs>
2: yeah, sacked most of any quarterback in the league last year.
1: Oh, and this is coming off an ACL. Like, way to protect your guy, man.
2: <laughs> well, they, they revamped a, the offensive line this Oh, year. yeah,
1: they did. <laughs> they, they, they went out and yeah. bought themselves a lot of players, including Alex Kappa, uh, their right guard. So, um, Bucks wouldn't mind having him back with all the injuries they got. So, yeah, they've done the right thing. Um, unlike Indianapolis when they had Andrew Luck just let him get pummeled every day. Um, Joe, of course, has already had the ACL, so you certainly don't can't get him hit again. But no, I think I think Burrow probably deserves to be rated a little bit higher in my estimation. Yeah, I, He's made a Super Bowl already. If not for, um, you know, some some great plays. You
2: no, know, if he had uh, offensive line, maybe he completes that last pass to Jamar well, Chase the and thing. they yeah, win the Super Bowl.
1: Exactly. He's open, and, and he, if he had time to make the throw, he probably hits him yeah. for a touchdown. So. You know, that was a big thing, Raheem Morris bringing extra pressure. But um, these lists are fun. But what's fun about it is that this is not writers because I hate you know The writers never get it right. And I'm a writer, so I know. Well, um, so let's let's go through the, the Buccaneers. Players,
2: yeah, I mean, who's the second, you know, you've seen the list, so you probably know. But if you were to say who's the second Buccaneer on this list, we know Tom Brady's number one. <sighs>
1: um, it's a great question. Listen. Um, for my mind, like there's certain guys that I think right now, and again, how do you compare positions? Right. Mm -hmm. Tristan Wirfs to me might be like, I look at it this way. I go, who's going to the hall of fame on this team. Okay. Who on this current team? Tom Brady for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mike Evans. Yep. Has a shot. It's not, it's not a lock yet, but he has a shot.
2: He's pretty close.
1: He's getting there. Now he's got a
2: super bowl. That he's got helps. Super Bowl,
1: and after this year, he'll have over ten thousand yards, which yeah. used to be kind of the, the you know the 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 mile post. Yeah. Although now that the rules have changed, guys are in, are in uh, not in the Hall of Fame with ten thousand mm-hmm. yards. There's a couple of, them.
2: but he's got something he can say that others can't.
1: That no one has done in the history of the game, right? I'm not the only one to go yeah, eight straight. Yeah, eight straight seasons 1,000 with a thousand yards seasons. to open a career. Yeah. Not
2: and it, not Jerry yeah. Rice, not Randy yeah. Moss, not you name really. the receivers.
1: That's big time. Mm-hmm. That is big time. And they look at other things like all decade, which I don't think he has, and, you know, Pro Bowls if you're into that stuff. But he would be another one. But to me, to me, Tristan Wirfs might be their best player in, in, at mm-hmm. his position. Like, I, I think Tristan Wirfs is going to put on a gold jacket. I think he's that good already. And, and if he plays and stays healthy 10 years, I think mm-hmm. he's absolutely going to the Hall of Fame. He's number 41 um, on the list. 41. Mm-hmm. So So the second uh, – Devin White is up there. I know he got promoted quite a bit.
2: Devin White is 64th.
1: Okay. Mike uh, Evans so, was ahead
2: of him. Mike Evans was 53rd.
1: Okay. So you're saying there's somebody that's second that's higher than. No, Tristan than... Wurst all... was second.
2: Tristan Wurst was second.
1: Oh, Tristan was. Yeah, okay. You, well, That's you fair. You were correct. You were correct. Yeah. That. Yeah, that's fair to me because I think you look at just like him against everybody else in the league, right? Like take all the tackles right or left, take. Um, and then and then split that down, you know, even further. And he's right at the top. I mean, if there's a better right tackle in the league, I haven't seen him. And like I said, I think he's going to wear a gold jacket. What's weird is Levante David's not in the top 100. Nope. And you mentioned Bobby Wagner is fairly high, 29th. How in the hell can Levante David, at this point of his life, now they might say, well, he's you know he's getting older, he had some injuries, whatever. But to not make the top one hundred with what with what he is and now what he's, you know, accomplished in his career, he's he's gonna end up he's got over a, like well over a thousand tackles, almost twelve hundred tackles, I think. Um he's approaching not there yet, he's approaching Derek Brook like Derek Brooks like mm-hmm. numbers for his career. But will not have the Pro Bowls, will not have the all pros, mm-hmm. will have won a Super Bowl. Um You know, he's 33 years old. He can still absolutely run.
2: Well, let me ask you this. Who's a better linebacker today? Levante David or Devin White? Not potential, not what you think the future is. Today, who's the better linebacker?
1: Man, you asked some really hard questions.
2: And knowing Levante David's on the tail end of his career. Devin White is still improving and growing. To
1: me, this is a mm-hmm. little like saying, you know, is Brady the best right now or is it Patrick Mahomes, right? Or, mm-hmm. you know, or Josh Allen. Like their skills are, they're just starting their careers, but mm-hmm. they're stupid good. But, I would say Levante's a better overall player. I'd have to mm-hmm. give it to him simply because, and I listen, I think Devin White, I said this last year, I thought he was going to be defensive player of the year, candidate. he had a mm-hmm. bad year for him. For him. He slid back a little bit. Now But some some you know, of that
2: was Levante was hurt part of the time.
1: Levante was out in the secondary. coverage mistakes. They they put him in coverage a lot mm-hmm. because they didn't trust the secondary, so they were dropping guys and he didn't get the blitz much. He went from nine sacks to three and a half, but frankly, as Larry Foote said, if you get more than three and a half sacks as an inside linebacker, don't expect to do that again. Um I think Devin does expect to do it every year, but he, he certainly couldn't do it last year. But in terms of like, you know, when he's healthy and he's older player and he got the mm-hmm. Liz Frank injury and all that, so you can't count the playoffs against him. But there's nothing that Levante can't do as well, and sometimes better than Devin White when he's healthy. Um, again, not the athlete right now that Devin is, mm-hmm. but can cover. We saw what he did in the Super Bowl to Kelsey, right? Just took him out of the game. Just mm-hmm. boom, I got him. You can't complete a pass. Can blitz when he, when he's asked to do so. We saw him the other night in the uh, preseason game. He came through the A-gap and, you know, dropped uh, Matt Ryan for a big loss. Um, and obviously, he's a tackle machine. I mean, he can run to the ball, 1,200 tackles, whatever, in his career. Uh, so, you know, right now, would I rather have the younger guy that with the upside? Sure, but I, I, I think for all that he does, including covering up Devin White's mistakes, I think Levante is probably a better, better linebacker right now. And that's somewhat sacrilege because I know how great Devin White is, but um, Devin's got to prove it. He's got some stuff to prove this year. It's going, and he knows it. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see a motivated, sort of redemptive Devin White who knows he didn't have his best year—not even close—to try to get himself back to that mm-hmm. Super Bowl uh, or beyond um, level of of uh, of competition and, and and play. And he didn't have that last year, so. Um, but yeah, I mean and there and you're right. There's a guy who on his own team is might be the better linebacker and he's not even in the top one hundred with the other guy is what did you say, sixty nine?
2: Sixty fourth, I think I, I sixty four on the list in front of me now. Yeah.
1: So I mean, that's weird. You know, Shaq mm-hmm. Barrett's in the top one hundred, that makes sense. Um yeah,
2: Antoine Winfield Jr. Seventy Winfield
1: Jr. debuted this mm-hmm. year. Shaq Barrett was eighty sixth. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I talked to Antoine. He was he was geeked about it. He's, he said, mm-hmm. you know, i watched that thing since I was a kid, and it's really cool to be in it and stuff. So, yeah, a lot of players, no Levante David, stupid list. Josh Allen, 13, stupid list. <laughs> I don't think the players – players don't know players. What so about Kirk, Cous- play.
2: Kirk Cousins in the top 100?
1: I mean, you know what though? The thing is about Cousins. If you look at his numbers mm-hmm. and you look at how consistent he is mm-hmm. every year, he posts some numbers now. They don't win a whole lot, or at least they didn't win enough under under uh, Zimmer to keep his job. Um, but that dude, that dude's a killer too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like he he's consistent as he can be every year, every game. He's going to put up big numbers, and uh, he's probably a little underrated as a result of it because again, Minnesota hasn't hasn't really won much. What
2: about Justin Tucker. Everyone's pretty much consensus best kicker it's only ninety fourth.
1: Ninety four, yeah, and that's how old he is too. Wow,
2: well, that <laughs> <laughs> might be how sure far he's... he can kick a field goal too, or
1: that, yeah, yeah. The, that did, By the way, the, the kick he made the the uh, NFL record. What was it, sixty four yards or something 66, like that against I think, Detroit? It? That was so unfair. It's like, come on, Detroit's going to win the game, and it doinks not off a uh, not off a uh, upright, but like off the crossbar. How many times it go? through the bar once it doink's on that thing. Almost never. <laughs> he makes one to end the game. And those Detroit Lions fans are so crestfallen. I hope Detroit's better this year. I really do. I want I like Dan Campbell as as, as an entertainer. I'm not sure I want to play yeah. for him. because um, he's a little wound up. But uh but it'd be nice it'd be fun to see Detroit you know have some success. Lions have Just no players the on
2: the top one hundred.
1: Zero. How about that? So
2: the Jaguars didn't, the Texans didn't
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm sure there's others. I saw those three for sure didn't have any.
1: Yeah, and that is testament to why they're at the bottom of the league, you know, right now. I mean, that it's kind of where they, well, kind of where they they're at. I
2: don't think the Jets have any.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: I'm sure there's others too, but.
1: yeah uh, anyway, Tom Brady, top 100. That was fun. I'm sure we'll talk more about Tom Brady and the Bucks here coming up in just a second. But first, I want to remind you guys, it's still hot as it can be out there. Your electric bill is is soaring. So is mine. I got a solution for you. It's called May Electric Solar. It's a family-owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for a dozen years. Now, you know that there's a lot of these fly-by-night companies in the solar business. But May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is what they call the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all their products that conduct on the site testing. You can see what they'll install. And plus, this is important they don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who is doing the job. So start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar. At 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve your quality of life and the quality of your appliances. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, so more buck news. They have to get down uh, by 4 p.m. today to the 53-man uh, limit. And so they got some work to do. They began that process a little bit on Monday I guess you'd say the biggest name or the headliner among the cuts was Jareth Stearns. He was the undrafted free agent out of Western Kentucky. Did a really good job. Smallish guy, only about five foot eight or so. Um, but he still uh, had six catches in the preseason, 64 yards, a touchdown. Didn't make much of a really splash on special teams, which is where he was going to have to make this club. Uh, and more importantly, they're just loaded at receiver. I mean, we know – they got some tough choices to make uh, by today, um, but, you know, uh, Stearns was that guy that came in here and had won the Triple Crown in receiving in college football. He led the uh, NCAA with 150 catches, 1,902 yards, and 17 touchdowns a year ago, and the only players uh, that have done that of late is Michael Crabtree, who did it for Texas Tech back in 07. Devontae Smith did it two years ago uh, at Alabama, but... Uh, Stearns is let go. Um, now, I would think if he clears waivers today, they'll be quickly trying to sign him back to their practice squad. That's usually the way it works. Some other players they waived, LSU outside linebacker Andre Anthony, who had two sacks in the preseason, cornerback uh, Kyler McMichael. Guard, Sedarius Hutchinson, and safety Chris Cooper, who was cut a year ago as well. Uh, of those, I think Anthony has a really good shot at going back to the practice squad again. Um, you need some depth at your outside linebacker position. They had a lot of injuries there a year ago, so I would expect them to uh, to maybe reach for that. Um, today I would look for, you know, some more headliners. I mean, I think Ryan Suckup has won the job over Hors- Jose Borgalas, according to uh, Todd Bowles the other day. So you got to look forward to that one. And then, you know, there's some offensive linemen that are likely to get whacked. Um, trying to think of what other position. They're heavy in receiver. they still got more... Really tough receiver jobs. I mean, if you consider the top four, right? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, Russell Gage, and and Julio Jones, and you go from there. You say, well, Tyler Johnson had a really really good off season, and you know what? So did Jalen Darden. Although Darden has to win the kicking job to get this gig, and, and a return job, and I don't know that he's done any better than he did a year ago. I'm I might my, my thoughts about him as a kick returner is not good. Whether that's lack of blocking or what could be. I'm not in the film room, really, with Keith Armstrong, so there's also that. But once you get beyond that six, right, so assuming all those guys make it, and they may not, um, what about Devin Tompkins, the kid from Utah State that just put on an absolute show in the preseason, especially in the joint workouts at Tennessee? Um, You know, what about Rashard Perriman? What about Scotty Miller? Is Scotty Miller going to be the biggest name that they cut this year or trade? Like, I think Miller has some trade value.
2: I think he's got trade value, and I just don't see him keeping a spot on this team. So you might as well trade yeah. him. I mean, you've seen They're some of the try. drops. You've seen Tom Brady didn't really trust him last year. Right. I mean, he was hurt some, too. Right. And that's part of it. But even in the preseason, you've seen those drops.
1: Yeah. And, and you yeah, just go. Not a special teams guy, really. Although he's, he he covered some kicks at the end of last year, mm-hmm. but not his primary job.
2: I find it hard for them to keep him on the roster come September 11th.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing, like, I, you know, we, we talk about Wednesday at 4 o'clock today. Folks, that's not your final team. Um, I've always said this. You know, teams will get down to those last few picks and they'll say, you know what, we've got six receivers. We're going to keep eight. And you're like, well, you're not going to – you know, this is stupid. You're not going to have eight receivers. are like, yeah, you know what, they're our best players. We're keeping the best 53 players for our team. And if, if our eighth receiver is better than our fourth running back or our third tight end or whatever – We're going to keep our best players. Now, so then what happens is we're still 13, 12, 13 days from the opener. Um, All these teams that were expecting guys to be on the waiver wire because they were going to be released, now they're not released. So then the phone calls start. And it's like, hey, what do you want for this? Right? Because there's a number of teams that would like to maybe have one of those guys. And rather than put them on waivers, and that's subject to the waiver claim, which is subject to how you finished last year. So if you got a team that's not last uh that won't get the first claim, then they might be, you know, perfectly fine with this arrangement. Um, but you know, give us a trade as opposed to just putting them out there. So I think there'll be I think there'll be some trades. Um the other news is from what I understand, both Robert Haynesy and Nick Leverett seem to be okay. Preliminary tests are uh pretty good in both instances. I know that Todd Balls didn't want to talk about it on Sunday night, didn't want to talk about it Monday. Um, but the the preliminary reports are good. So I, I think one or both should be a go for the Dallas Cowboys game. They escaped what could have been a cataclysmic injury to their backup center. No one has two centers, much less three, but that would have been awful. Uh, and then later in the game, Nick Leverett, who kind of pushed his guy you know, into the center, uh, also got hurt. He had a shoulder injury, but apparently that's not that serious. So they've got work to do, um, but you know I I still think that that it's a it's a functional group that just can't sustain any more injuries at all and we'll see you know who they who they decide to keep and who they decide to part ways with um on these final cutdowns it's going to be really interesting there's always a surprise or two there's always a guy that makes it that you're like oh yeah that makes sense and then there's a guy that gets cut and you're like what um so we're still kind of waiting for those but that'll happen later
0: today so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Finally, and this is just real quick because my TV uh, viewing pleasure was such that the rays were off and there really wasn't going, anything going on, but Serena was going on. Serena Williams playing in her final U.S. Open, her final tennis tournament. Um, she is retiring, age forty. Of course, uh, with a young child that's I think like five now.
2: Do we need to wait forty days for her to unretire? And... <laughs>
1: right. Well, uh, yeah, maybe she still loves the game. I, I'm not sure. I mean, she's a mom. You know, the difference is is that you know I know Tom has three kids. Yeah, she actually had one. Okay, she she didn't just contribute to it. She actually had it. Um, but uh she's she's i mean 40 right like it seems incredible to me if you and, and of course there's that great movie with Will Smith as King Richard you know Richard Williams that um took his two young girls under the public courts in Compton uh you know uh California and and just you know sort of made them into the iconic superstars that they are today But when she when she first came to US Open she was in her teens, then her twenties, then her thirties. Now she's forty. Like it's I mean, it's an incredible amount of longevity, not to mention excellence and um, you know, grace that she's carried herself with in a sport that is, as we know, especially when they started, predominantly white, predominantly rich. Um, they didn't look like anybody else, they didn't sound like anybody else, and they certainly didn't play like anybody else. So she's she's really um you know, open tennis up, made it more inclusive uh, to everyone. And, you know, she's just anything is possible type person. Like uh, it, it's amazing to me um, the career that she has had. And we were talking about this before the podcast. <clears throat> you asked me, she's the greatest tennis player of all time. I don't think it's, even, I think it's in, indisputably. Yes. I mean, the men's game right now, as you said to me, is, is at maybe the the height of heights, right? It's about to collapse, but like, what do you got? Three champions, all with 21, 22 titles, major titles, or something like yeah, that.
2: Yeah, the fact that Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic were all winning Grand Slam events, you know, at the same time, and yeah. they all have twenty or more. Crazy, you know, all from the same era. It's just the, the parity at the top, right? I don't think we've ever seen in, in tennis for as long as it was, right? But, but Serena, the way she's dominated women's tennis, and and you know, I, I think she's the greatest tennis player of all time. And and to me, defining greatest is how much how much better, better you, you are, are than 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 your peers at the time. I mean, it's hard right. to compare eras, hard you know any sport, right? You know, that's you know I always think Barry Bonds is the best hitter I've ever seen. Right. He was so much better than everybody else. Now, if you think the steroids had part of that, okay, fine. But
1: you got to consider when they played. And the mm-hmm. great thing about Serena is is that she's doing it and did it at an age that uh, no one even considered playing tennis that long right mm-hmm. like she, she changed that because of her fitness because of her desire to win her longevity is uniquely hers in a sport that you know burns through guys um and I and look Federer and and Nadal and Djokovic and those guys are getting up there you know mm-hmm. we think we were saying like before that whew, I mean American I mean Pete Sampras Sampras had his time when he was dominant. obviously Bjorn Borg McEnroe had some really good years. Jimmy Connors. um, There's been other champions Mm -hmm. um, come along. Andre Agassi, but no one. I mean, like it's it's hard to fathom a greater champion. But more than that, because of what she stands for, like she's up there with the legends of any sport, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, I mean, not you know the major titles is one thing, but her contribution to the game, um, the longevity. I mean, you're talking about you're right. I mean, Tiger Woods, right? Michael Mm -hmm. Jordan. Tom Brady, Serena Williams um, <clears throat> that sort of thing so and it was great they had listen they didn't think she was going to win tonight um, I don't remember who she played <laughs> it was somebody um trying to think of what country it was regardless it was somebody that they thought she would be she got a good draw but she hasn't played tournaments you know and, and when she did play of late she hasn't been very good so she's been over there practicing a lot and You know, from a conditioning standpoint, maybe not the sideline-to-sideline player she once was. But she got that crowd behind her a little bit and got her a shaky start. And, man, she made some shots. She rolled. She looked like Serena Williams. She played like Serena Williams. And they had a big production afterwards pre-planned because they didn't know if she was going to win or not. Uh, You know, and out trot scale King and, you know, the videos and all the tributes. Um, So that was cool. But uh, surviving advanced, man, like she's, she's here to win. There's no other reason for her to play but to win. And she knows this is it. And the crowds were incre- in, in, they're just incredible because everybody was there to see Serena. And they were there early, and they were loud, and then they were louder. And she said it really carried her through. Because from a fitness standpoint, I don't know that having not played enough tournaments that you're really the same in terms of your mobility and stuff like that. But her serve was outrageous was so good, and um, the power that she played with was right there for her, so she, it was pretty cool. It was fun to watch. Um, I don't watch a lot of tennis. I usually watch finals, you know, um, but Serena, this is it. Like, you know, she penned a letter and said, you know, I'm, I'm transitioning. I'm moving on, but uh, we call it retirement, and we're all too familiar with it around here, but you're right. Maybe maybe she'll walk away and decide, you know what? I, I can still do this. I, I really want to do this, but I think she's talked about um, you know, expanding, you know, having a large family, having more children, um, that sort of thing. And uh, at least she's 40. I mean, that's, you know, you can't get past that. Like, uh, what a long career and to be at the top and, and just, a, just a great story, like best story in tennis. She's also going to play doubles with her, her uh, sister, Venus. And they haven't done that in a very long time. So she'll go out uh, on one of those courts, whether it's singles or doubles at the U.S. Open, which is cool. All right, we got the Rays tonight uh, They are in Miami against the Marlins. They had a rare day off on the road. I'm sure those guys will be nice and rested <laughs> um, with a night in Miami. But, uh, yeah, so they're, uh, they'll resume their pretty, pretty good uh, run that they've had here these last few weeks, even though they lost two out of three to the Boston Red Sox. Still, we're holding the number one wild card. So As we uh, tape
2: th- this, the Yankees are losing to the Angels.
1: So they're going to be like six and a half Which, back or something?
2: The Rays swept the Angels at home. Yeah. The Angels then go to Toronto and sweep the Blue Jays. It's so weird, isn't it? And now they're beating the Yankees, and now it's only in the top of the six. The Yankees so what, would the, what would the difference be if that was That would be seven games at this
1: point. Seven. Okay, yeah, yeah there were seven and a half. Because the Rays seven.
2: were off, so it would be down to seven.
1: I mean, it's just not out of the question, man. It just isn't. No, it's not. they got six games with them.
2: Yeah, at seven. It would only be six in the loss column.
1: Yeah. With That's six remarkable. games to play. That's remarkable. Against them. It's crazy, man.
2: So we'll see if uh, you know, now the Angels have to hold on and, and they didn't look like a very good team playing the Rays.
1: No. But they, they went didn't.
2: to Toronto and swept them and are now leading the Yankees, so
1: I'd do some damage and help the Rays. Nothing wrong with that.
2: Yeah, the Blue Jays did win in extra innings. Okay. And the Mariners are off.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So that means now in the wild card, the Rays are a game ahead of they're still a half game ahead of Seattle, a game ahead of Toronto.
1: I don't know. I don't know how good this uh, Marlins team is. I don't think they're one of the better teams in Major League Baseball. But I know the schedule after this just ramps mm-hmm. up to something brutal. Yeah, they're like, eighteen they're games be,
2: below five hundred. So,
1: yeah, they're going to be. But the Rays are going to start playing a lot of good teams. Yes, the Yankees, Houston, you know these type of teams.
2: Well, after the, after the Marlins series, they come home to play the Yankees and Red Sox both at home. Right. Then they're in New York and at Toronto. Mm. That's seven games in eight days against those teams. Mm. They have five games in Toronto.
1: Yeah, that's brutal.
2: They come home for Texas, Houston, Toronto. And then they they finish. If the race, this is amazing with the schedule. And part of it is because the Boston series, to end the season, was actually Don't supposed like to be that. the first season of, uh, series of the year. Right. If they take the second or the third wild card. hmm and say they win the first round or that wild card mm-hmm. round in three games. Say they it takes all three games
1: on the road, probably. Yeah, yeah,
2: they would. All three of those would be on the road. They would. They would have fourteen straight road games before they get a home playoff game. <laughs> that's stupid, man. Because they end the season nine on the road.
1: Cleveland, Houston, Boston. It's because that that first month they missed or what, first couple the weeks. First
2: week. That's why the Boston series got pushed back. But God. if they were to take the second or third wild card, assuming they make the playoffs, of course. They would finish nine games on the road, then three in that series, and then you would take the first two games of the division series on the road.
1: Oh, my goodness. And then you
2: get uh, game three would be the home game.
1: That's Hey, I got an idea. They should just move them to Montreal for (laughs) half the year. Oh, wait, that's been tried? I'm I'm being told that's been tried. Okay. Well, maybe not. Um, Anyway... It would be good to, uh, to watch the Rays banging around down there in Miami. And we will be back. Uh, the Bucks don't have practice today. They'll be back on Wednesday and Thursday practicing. Then they take some more time off. The cuts are today, 4 p.m. Uh, that's the deadline to get to 53. Don't think it's the final 53. I always say this. Until you get to the Wednesday before the first game, you ain't on the roster. You might be on the roster. It doesn't mean you're on the roster. A lot can happen. Teams will keep players that they know. Like you may see the Bucks keep eight receivers. Or nine, I mean, you know, whatever that number is, it's not a realistic number. But they might keep them because they're the better football player than their fifty-third or fifty-second guy, and they'll get around to entertaining trade offers for these players. Um, and and then when we get to Wednesday, you'll have they'll fill out, of course, the practice squad. You have a pretty good idea who's on the on the fifty-three, and you can really hone it down. But until then, you're just a dude that hasn't been cut yet, you know, because there's still. A long way to go before Sunday, September 11th in Dallas. So, looking forward to that. Thanks for listening. For Steve Rustic, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tempe Times. Have a great day, everybody.